Good morning, Kara. Good morning, Rebecca. It's so nice to see you. It's so been, like, nice so... to see you too. <laughs> I feel like it's been so much, y'all. Like Rebecca and I were in such a groove at the end of 2021. We were seeing each other all the time, and then just as it always happens. And I'm so excited. Rebecca's doing so many amazing projects, and I'm working as on a few you. things. Thank you. And it's so great, and and I think we're gonna peel the curtain back a little bit. That's a little sneak peek for something to come later on. Um, not in this episode, but another episode. But mm-hmm. um, it's so nice to see you. That's it's, what I was getting at. Yes, it's been it so, so nice long since I've seen you, and it's so nice to see. You. <laughs> it is so nice to see you. It is so nice to see you. Yeah, it's been like two weeks. It has been. Two, That's a long, a long time. time. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, we also spent seven months apart. <laughs> no, I know, but we didn't. We even, talked like, really all the chat. time. We talked all yeah, the we time. When we, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just been it's just been crazy, which is a good thing, and also right. you know, yeah, not not a bad again, thing, like, but just a different thing. There's so. a different thing, just like adjustment. That's what our show is all about, and that's what we want to like advocate for. And and I think this brings us well into our guest of today. Yes. His name is Jordan Essex. He's a talented, amazing actor, performer, and crocheter, which yes. is just so cool. I love it. Yeah, I just I what I really loved about Jordan not only is he really grounded and real in his advice but he's very just so so wise i don't know there was like so many great things that he said and i was like don't say anything don't say anything i can't like i don't even want to interrupt like he's so great yeah. <laughs> when jordan speaks you just want to listen forever because he, there's yes. so many good things he has to say and i i just i love i loved our conversation so much and i can't wait for everyone to hear i think yeah everyone just can learn something from yeah. from what he has to say so really that's all we have to say at this point yeah enjoy the episode thank you so much for tuning in and um yeah Uh, I'm a DC-based musical theater actor, but also I'm just an actor as a whole. I'm also an avid crocheter and recently started my own little mini crochet business. Uh, I needed something to bring me joy in all these sad times, and I found that as well. Acting and crocheting are definitely two of the things that bring me the most joy. That's great. Oh, I can't wait to talk about, like, both of them a little bit more. We typically like to start at the beginning of your journey. And I realized I went back into my old ways of saying the same phrase I used for (laughs) 10 other episodes. 10. We're like 27. I feel like we say it every single time. It's great. It's amazing. Um, So how how did you get into theater? Like, what inspired you to become an actor? Well, um, when I started high school, I went to a new school, like, very far away from my old one. Um, I went to a private Catholic high school. Mm. So a lot of the kids already knew each other Mm -hmm. from middle school. They all went to like the same preschool, elementary school, middle school, all of it. And I knew no one. And so for the first like month or two of school, I was just really trying to find my way, trying to find what I could do, what I would love. Um, I spent a lot of time after school just by myself, just hanging out on my laptop, trying to wait for my dad to pick me up. Uh, because we didn't have buses, which was fun. Mm. So I would just wait for him. And one day after school, just heard on the announcements, uh, they were like, auditions for the fall play. And I was like, you know what? That sounds like something I'd love. I mean, ever since I was a child, I loved musicals, um, specifically movie musicals, specifically The Sound of Music with Julie Andrews. (laughs) We love Julie Andrews (laughs) on the show. (laughs) We love her. She's a queen. I would come home every day after school when elementary school and pop my VHS of the sound of music in and I would watch it from wherever I picked up. Oh my God. Like wherever I dropped it off. <laughs> I'd be like, Mom, can I watch the sound of music? Can I watch the sound of music? And she'd be like, Yeah, sure, go ahead. I did that with sound of music. I think I did that with Mary Poppins too. Oh so my gosh. I, I, I definitely would just like I would find the VHS and I would just like sit down just like star yeah, yeah. in front of the television. And one of and it was like one of those big box televisions with the big yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Like oh, it was so great. Um, and so I was like, I, well, why not audition for that? I mean, it sounds like something I would really enjoy. Mm-hmm. 
And so I auditioned for my school's production of The Velveteen Rabbit. Oh. And um, I played the Tin Soldier. Oh, amazing. Who... Yes, he, he was just like he was a little he was a little mean guy. He was like, we don't want this velveteen rabbit in our group. And then the kid, I I believe the play is very sad. Yeah. Spoiler alert for all the listeners. But like literally, like the kid gets uh, like tuberculosis, and yeah. they have to burn all his toys and all of his clothes. And you know, basically, I die in the end, which is very sad. But um, I I had literally in. Like the few the few weeks that I've been in school, I never felt more mm-hmm. in place. Had never felt more welcomed in a group of people. Um, the the whole process was wonderful. Like I just knew that this is where I had to be. Yeah. So I went ahead and auditioned for the spring musical, which was Little Shop Horrors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I now I've done that show twice. It was not only my first musical, but then a few in a few years, it's my first professional musical that I oh. like, get paid for. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love so that. that. It's it's really a wonderful linear like, full yeah. circle. Right there. Yeah. yeah. Full circle, yes. Um and it was just a wonderful, a wonderful experience. Um I got to play Mr. Mushnick. So I then again did get to be eaten by a plant. I think for my <laughs> first three shows that I did, I did not get to get away from dying. <laughs> I died every show. Special um, special <laughs> skills. Special, <laughs> special skills. skills. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, special skills. Good at dying. On stage? <laughs> <laughs> on stage. On stage, of course. Of course. Um, yes. I mean, I did, I, the next year I did Oliver. I played Bill, Bill Sykes. Mm-hmm. I then again died. I, I, it's, I couldn't escape it in high school for some reason. <laughs> My theater teacher said, you are very good at passing away on stage. It's a lovely, it's a lovely skill. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I just had to just had to keep doing it until I until I, I couldn't anymore. <laughs> so yes, um, I did musicals and programs and camps throughout high school, and I I just knew that it was my calling. I I literally could not picture doing anything mm-hmm. else, and so I ended up going to Catholic University where I did re- meet Rebecca. And yes, it was a lovely experience. <laughs> yes. It was. What was it like transitioning out of college? And did you major in musical theater? I did major. I did major in musical theater. I got my bachelor's in music and musical mm-hmm. theater. And transitioning out of college was very difficult because we were in a pandemic. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So it was definitely a lot harder than expected. Yeah. Mostly because junior year was a very successful year for mm-hmm. me as an actor, as um, just as a student. Overall, um, I I booked my second uh, professional show that I was able to perform in right before the pandemic and mm-hmm. uh, started. And then I, you know, had booked a show for that summer that was another professional gig, and it felt like things were really going my way. Yeah. Uh, but things came to this really sudden stop. Yeah. And I think it hit a lot of people in my grade because we were like, we have to work through this next year of school, and we have to decide if this is still what we want to do. And I think I lost a lot of my classmates to the pandemic in the sense of they no longer wanted to be a performer. Um, It was definitely a a tough decision for many of us to have to make. Yeah. I even I even contemplated do I do I still want to do this and of course I do and I'm glad I'm continuing to do it because it's truly my passion. Mm -hmm. But it was definitely a rough time. Uh, Senior year came around and uh, second semester we were able to do a hybrid little bit there Mm -hmm. and you know I got to perform in one last show at Catholic and I think graduating was great it just felt so unresolved with the pandemic it felt like I didn't get the true closing the true like you know goodbye that I wanted Mm -hmm. but um even still I have gotten the chance to perform in two things so far this is my second thing (laughs) (laughs) I I graduated in spring of 2021 Uh so last year I graduated in May um, and then I've been able to perform in a musical that happened uh, late that summer, and then I immediately booked this tour that I'm currently that's on. Amazing. That's amazing. Can you a, tell us a little so bit more amazing. about your tour? So exciting. Yes, I would love to. <laughs> so I'm currently touring with Only Theater's National Players. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are a, a group of nine actors and one stage manager, and we are currently touring uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream and A Raisin in the Sun. And we are actually Only Theater's first uh majority black 
national players touring theater company. So this is our first, this is the first time that they've been able to do this. And it's been, it's just really exciting to be the first tour mm -hmm. where that, where, they, where there's this representation. Um, we're doing two wonderful shows. I mean, A Raisin in the Sun is such an important show, mm -hmm. um, even till this day. And we've been forced to contemplate like why this show is still important till this day. And it's really been a wonderful experience getting to sit with this show and learn from it. And just getting to do a little fun with Shakespeare has also been really great with the Midsummer's Night's Dream. Yeah, that's my favorite but Shakespeare yes. of all time. It's mine. It's so it good. Awesome. <laughs> it's so great. It's wonderful. Kara and I, I both time. respectively, um, we both played Hermia, right, in our eighth grade. I think we did. Yeah, <laughs> Reading of it, it wasn't oh a play. God. It was not a play. Oh. It was, <laughs> we had to read the parts, and we were both Hermia in our respective eighth grade classes, I believe. Yeah, we were very <laughs> proud of that moment. Um, Ooh, I love that. Considering that I play Lysander, that makes me very happy. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, so we had actually, I just remember, I'm not going to say who it was, but the <laughs> Lysander in my class, everyone was like, oh, my God, this person is so great. And I was always like, yeah, I mean, they're cool. <laughs> and everyone was like fawning over them. And um, they were dating somebody else, you know, like eighth grade crush or whatever. And so it was like, oh, they have to hold hands, but they're dating somebody else. And I remember being so over it. And then when it came to that time, we were, we were both literally like this. Like, it was literally oh like holding each other's like pinky fingers, like really a, like a oh. canyon in between. So funny. Um, that is hilarious. Anyway, anyway I digress. You have to love a bit of eighth grade drama. That's just so great. <laughs> um, so how did you, I would love to hear more about your, your theater troupe and your company and your involvement in it. Like, how did this all kind of get started? Did you audition? How did you get, what was it like? And then another follow-up is like, what was it like transitioning to life on the road? Like, sort of, definitely post-lockdown, but definitely very much still in the pandemic. Yeah, so it's actually been very crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so for me personally, I came in as more of a replacement, mm -hmm. actually. So I wasn't at, if if I if this tour had gone on when it was originally supposed to go on, I would have still been in college. Okay. Uh, this they had casted this tour back in twenty twenty. Uh -huh. I think that's when. Yes, they casted this tour back in twenty twenty, and they were supposed to go on tour for the 2020-2021 season. So they had to postpone it till, till this June, mm -hmm. uh, the June of 2021. Uh, and they had two uh, people who had to leave for personal reasons. Mm -hmm. And so I had to come, I, I had actually come in to audition for another show at Olney. And they were like, thank you for this audition. And we also want to consider you for this other mm -hmm. thing. Um, so I was lucky enough to be able to audition for this as well. And they really loved my audition. And I, it, it's a quite a crazy story because I believe I got the email for the, the audition on a Friday. I filmed it on that Friday. I sent it in. I got an email that Monday saying that they need to schedule a callback. Wow. I got a callback that Wednesday. Wow. The day after the callback, I get a call and say, would you like to <gasps> Oh, players? I love it. That's great. <laughs> it great. That's so amazing. Um, but it's crazier because the next week I get a, the script on Monday and then by that next Monday I needed to be on <gasps> So I had to learn both of these shows in a week. Oh my gosh. Um, oh my gosh. Which as an actor was unbelievably challenging, especially because I only got a rehearsal per show. Hmm. So I got a put in rehearsal for each show and then by that Saturday and Sunday I was on stage performing. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was your um what did you do to memorize everything? I'm sure memorization comes really easy, but <laughs> I mean it's definitely just repetition for me. Okay, yeah, um yeah. Uh, I definitely just have to like be in my book and just I use my phone to kind of just block out the other person's um the other person's, I block out my own words so I can just see my cue mm -hmm. line and then say, I say it in my head or say it out loud. And then I usually have someone wow. else uh, rehearse with me. Luckily, I was on, I was on a train to, uh, to a wedding uh, that weekend. Wow. So I had a lot of time to just be in my book. Yeah. And so I did. And I learned all the lines. Shakespeare is unbelievably hard to learn in such a fast period of time. I really? Uh, really? <laughs> That was high sarcasm. I, yes. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. I. I mean, literally, it's it's I. It's English, but a completely different yeah. language, just all the way. <laughs> so yeah. So it was quite an experience, just kind of jumping yeah. into the national players. Yeah. That's amazing, though. I mean, 
Just like, what's it been like performing a show that tours? It, it is quite interesting trying to gauge an audience mm-hmm. while in the performance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's generally what we have to do because we're only ever in a place for about a day or two. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, and so we kind of have to gauge how the performance will go just viewing the, the community around us mm-hmm. whenever we go out to get food or if they have any venue contacts or any people who are helping us move in the set, we can kind of gauge what's going on around in this area and see how they're going to react to the show generally. So it's it's really trying to read a room without anybody being in the room. And you kind of have the room surrounding you, but you don't really, you have no one to really give you any context. And so sometimes in a performance, we'll just, we will recognize the type of audience we have and we... They're just we just have to keep going with it and be an actor and kind of just even if they aren't giving us much feedback or giving us much reaction we still got to keep going and trudging it along even though it might not be our best performance because I mean when it comes to theater the energy in the room is really what mm-hmm. what helps an actor um, no matter how much you as an actor can prepare really the a good energy is really what's going to help a performance mm-hmm. um, succeed in the best way possible yeah. and so yeah it, it's it's very interesting kind of having a lot of waves and peaks and valleys whenever we go to different places. It also is crazy because, like I said earlier, we are a self-sustaining theater company. So there is nine actors and a stage manager, and we do everything from putting up the set to doing sound, to doing lights, to doing costumes, to doing props. So there are are days where we will come in around 8 a.m., we will load in the entire show from our big old box truck that we have, and we will set up the set, set up all the sound, uh, the sound, the lights, the costumes, um, for like five hours, and then we will have about an hour off, maybe two if we're lucky, and we'll go get something to eat, and then we have to come back and do a show, and then depending on if we're only there for a day, we will also have to take the set down that day wow. as well. Yeah. So we we have we have some some twelve to fourteen hour days. On, on us yeah. on occasion yeah. and that's sometimes that's after driving yeah. for eight hours crazy yeah so it's 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 a crazy 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 thing but it, it does feel very fulfilling mm-hmm. especially when you get that right audience yeah. and we have had some wonderful audiences yeah. so where yeah. have where i'm not gonna ask you where the best and the worst audience was but what was like an audience that really or a city that took you by surprise in, yeah. a, in a pleasant way in a, in a beautiful way Actually, where we are currently right now was a very, very pleasant surprise. Oh, uh, we were in Orlando, but we visited uh, Lake Nona High mm-hmm. School in Florida, and they—I've ha- never been more inspired as an artist, as a teacher, as an actor than when interacting with these kids and performing both of our shows for them. So we arrived here in Florida on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got, to chan- we got the chance to load in and perform A Midsummer Night's Dream on Wednesday. And I can honestly say, and I, I, don't, want, I don't want to bother anybody with this, <laughs> but they were the best audience we have ever had. I'm sorry to any other audience we've ever had. <laughs> they, they laughed at all the jokes. It is very clear that their teacher, Miss Chase, had made them understand a lot of Shakespeare uh-huh. and how his, how his words work and how his comedy yeah. works. And so they, they, were, they were laughing at some lines that most people don't generally get, but we are usually putting a lot of comedy into it. Yeah. And they found it hilarious. So that, it was a wonderful breath of fresh oh. air. And then on Thursday, along with being actors, we do a lot of community outreach, and that generally goes to us teaching workshops for a lot of schools. Mm-hmm. And so we had a full day of workshops with Lake Nona. So we, we got up and we went over there around... 8.45 for their first class, and then we did through the end of the day. Nice. I specifically had two wonderful classes in their after-school theater program with their theater kids, uh, teaching two voice workshops yeah. that we worked on, you know, breath technique and how you use your voice as the actor and how you take care of it. And I have never had so much fun with kids uh, just enjoying themselves. And we had a gibberish rap battle um, <laughs> where you just you use gibberish and you just battle against each other. And it's not words, but it's, it makes all the sense in the world what you're saying. Yeah. And they had some of the most wonderful questions I have received since the beginning of this tour. They truly appreciated us as artists. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and wanted to have our opinions on the career on where they might be able to go mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, after high school. Yeah. Many of them are considering college and auditions yeah. for college, and they want to know what it's like in the audition room, and they want to know what a degree can do for them, and they want to know about all these wonderful things. And I mean, me and my, my other teaching artists, we had the chance to stay for an extra 25 minutes to answer questions for them. We had the chance to stay with the student and listen to him perform his Shakespeare monologue and sonnet as he was about to go to his regional Shakespeare (laughs) competition. So just this overall experience at Lake Nona has been wonderful. We got to perform A Raisin in the Sun yesterday Mm -hmm. and they loved it and they just, they sang us praise and it was wonderful and they gave us a huge poster with all their names and signed it. That's so sweet. So truly, truly wonderful experience. That's so, I'm so happy to hear that. What, what would be like, well, I guess, what was some advice that you gave to those kids who are, you know, going to the regional competitions or auditioning? Like, what would you, or mm-hmm. what did you say to them, I should say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I gave them the truth is that, you know, this career is not always the easiest yeah. and um, that you won't always get a yes, but that you are a worthy human and that as long as you recognize that, it, everything will go your way. Mm. Uh, it, it, you you don't if you don't realize your worth in a room some it, it really reads and I think that a lot of these kids doubt themselves um, as actors and from seeing how they work in these workshops I know that they are wonderful actors and they are wonderful people and that will work out for them in the end I also informed them that you know I had some kids who are definitely like first generation going to college and that their parents are scared of scared, sending them to college in a career that is so yeah. uncertain. Yeah. And so they were like, I just don't know if I want to do this or if I want to do another thing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I informed them that, you know, this doesn't have to be your only thing. And that the other thing doesn't have to be your only thing. I, there are so many opportunities in college, even if you're getting a whole nother major just to take classes um, from your theater department and just take acting classes and be a part. I mean, Rebecca knows about our center stage theater company that we had at Catholic University yes. was our student run theater company. Always, always rep center stage. Love center always stage. Always rep center stage. Yeah. <laughs> and they gave so many opportunities to non-majors mm-hmm. and majors alike to perform musicals and plays and new works like Rebecca, like Rebecca did. And it was just, it, it it's a wonderful experience and almost every school has one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, there are so many opportunities to to get all that you want, especially in college. If if you want to, it's easier for you to do it there. And that even if they don't decide to do it in college, that there's still so many opportunities after the fact. Uh, we have an actor in our tour who didn't start acting until 26, and he's he's doing a great job for himself out there. He's been in commercials, and he's been in extras in movies, and it's been really exciting for him. And it just goes to show that life always we are especially in the american um school system we are always conditioned to believe that we can only do one thing and that life yes. will only go one way and that once we make a decision at 17 it's it yep that that's it mm-hmm. yeah Ugh, and that's not the case and it's just not the case at all and that life doesn't just start at 17 right. life continues for so many years and that you can do so many different things mm-hmm. and that i don't i don't know why we are conditioned to believe that once we turn 17 life is one decision and that's it yep it's just I so know. crazy and i i tried to get that across to them and they were so receptive oh, of that that's good that's amazing good. jordan yeah. i think we can stop everyone can leave now that's it i don't need to make a <laughs> podcast anymore you just said everything i've been feeling <laughs> For Rebecca and I have talked about so many things um, between each other that you've just brought up, and I, I, I wish I could have been one of those kids hearing that advice from you in that in that theater arts like class that day, um, mm-hmm. in that session. Like that's amazing. I so much valuable stuff out there. Like I think even now, like in the pandemic, I feel like having stuck with the creative stuff, it's like okay, well now that I have to do this for the rest of my life, and I and I love it. Don't get me wrong. Like you said, like yes, mm-hmm. I'm so happy to be here, but it's like. No, like, wait, you can do other multifaceted. We're all multifaceted. We all have multiple talents. Yes. Uh, yes, um, absolutely. And speaking of being multifaceted. Yes. Um, <laughs> you recently started a business um, for your crocheting, yes. like you prefaced in your introduction. So let's go back to the beginning of that. How did you get into crocheting and when did you start to make it a business? Like, 
what was that like? Yeah. So crocheting came to me in about February of 2021. Mm. So I had you know, been trying to find something to keep me busy craft-wise yeah. since probably around the summer of the pandemic in 2021. So, not 2021, 2020. Mm. And I had started embroidery and I had started to kind of get into like the cross-stitching and like, I really enjoyed it. It's just very, very detail-oriented. And I was like, I need something a little easier mm-hmm. so that I can do it while I watch Grey's Anatomy. Yes. <laughs> mood, mood. I recently yes. started the last season. I've cried every single episode. The, the one on Look, Netflix I, on 17. Season 17. I'm on 17 as well. I just started it. and it, I've it, it cried is, it has me every, sobbing every episode. episode. Literally every single yeah. episode. Absolutely. Anyway. I mean, Grey's Anatomy is so amazing. Um, and so... I start, actually started Grey's Anatomy like a week before I started crocheting. <laughs> and I, I was like, I need something. I, I always fidget with my mm. hands. Like, I, I'm always trying to do something with my hands. So I was like, I need something to really center me and focus me while I can watch something at the same time. And I remembered that my mom used to crochet a lot when I was younger. And I always thought it was very cool how she can make a blanket. I was like, you can make a blanket? That's unbelievable. And so one day I was, I was at my job at the time. And... I think the night before I was scrolling through Instagram and saw someone make a giant bee via crochet. Wow. And I said, I have, to, I have to make that. That is, it has to happen. So after work, there was a Joann's right across mm-hmm. the street from my job. And I walked in there and I said to somebody, I said, hey, we're going to get crochet hooks. And they said, you can go over there. I got a pack of crochet hooks and I got two balls of yarn. And from there, it just became a true passion. I taught myself completely um, via YouTube videos wow. and just learning how to read patterns online, which literally look like alien language until you can finally translate them <laughs> at some point. <laughs> oh my but I, I was able to just teach myself through those videos and through those uh, these online platforms. I taught myself all these stitches and everything. Um, and I completed my first blanket by March. Um, it was wonky. It looked weird. It was funky, but it was. Love it. it was we love still, it. <laughs> it was. It, it was something I made, yeah. and I had to love it. Yeah. So, um, and then I, t- I wanted to teach myself how to make these little stuffed animals because I thought, uh, just I was, I fell in love with Baby Yoda. I just got my own little Baby Yoda for Christmas, <laughs> and I said I have to make myself one. Um, I love Grogu. He's a sweet boy. Yes. I love him a bunch. So love it. I, I, I just um, I got myself some stuffing and I taught myself how to work in the round and how to sew these pieces together. And it's just been a learning experience ever since. And and, and a lot of people, well, the minute you start crafting something, they're like, you have to start selling. Yes. Get a business immediately. It's and so I'm funny. Sitting there at, it's so funny. <laughs> and I'm just I'm just like, I just started this. I mean, I posted it on Facebook and everyone was like, you could make some real money off of this. And I was like, okay, gam, gam. I can't, I can't, I can't do that immediately. I'm not good enough. Right. Uh, but I continued to teach myself throughout the year. And come November, I was, I, I was looking at my work and I was very proud of what I've been able to do. And I said, well, I at least want to start, you know, an Instagram page for it. Um, I'd been wanting to share my work on a better platform than just me making a master post on Facebook mm-hmm. and the game game mm-hmm. telling me to sell them. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I was like, I, okay, let me do that. So it was, I believe it's the day after Thanksgiving and I just, I created the page and, you know, I posted it on my regular Instagram and it's just been a wonderful journey since I opened up commissions a day or two after that. And I mean, I was very surprised with the amount of orders that came mm-hmm. through. I believe I got 20 Christmas orders in total. Wow. So that, and that wasn't just, I mean, 20 people ordered. It was, some people ordered multiple items. Right. So in total, I probably had like 27 commissions that I had to get done in 27 days. Mm. And um, it was a real journey getting all of it done. But I did. And it was a very, very, very exciting and surprisingly fulfilling um, task. I, I never expected people to want to appreciate what I made so much mm. 
and it was wonderful getting to share it with so many other people and getting pictures from people uh, when they opened it on Christmas. My favorite one is my friend Natalie Mentor. Rebecca knows Natalie I Mentor. I <laughs> love Natalie yes. so much. <laughs> Natalie Mentor is a queen. Her sister just had a baby boy, and so she got one of my elephants for her nephew, and she sent me the picture. Of that is the cutest picture on Instagram. I was like, I want that, I want that elephant. <laughs> it has so the um, pink cheeks, right? Or It yes, does, it has yeah. The pink it's cheeks. so yes. You can't see this, Jordan, but in our show notes where we have like our questions mm-hmm. typed up, I wrote, um, when are Rebecca and I getting one for our future potential office? <laughs> <laughs> Let us know when those oh, commissions maybe. open up again. We will be sliding oh, into those DMs. <laughs> I, I literally cannot wait to make them for you. Um, I, I, right now I am taking a break because totally. it was very hard on the road yeah. to, um, I was, I really wanted to try mm. and... Um, keep it open but I was thinking about it and I was looking at our schedule and how often we move yeah. trying to not only store them because we there's 10 of us and we have to be able to store all our belongings yeah. um, and also trying to find a post office in every yeah, city no, it's, it's a lot so um, I'll probably be opening them up back in May okay. because then I at least can get started on the projects um, and we'll be coming back to Maryland in the end of May Great. to perform at Olney as like a oh, homestead good. So, but yeah, but I mean, I truly, I mean, for Christmas time, I was working every day like it was a real job. Yeah, <laughs> I believe That's it. amazing, yeah. though. Uh, That's yeah, so I great. remember I saw you posted it and instantly people were gravitating to it so much. Mm-hmm. And I, I can understand why. I mean, it's there. They're so amazing. They're so cute. <laughs> yeah, your design is incredible. Yeah, like, it's amazing. Thank you. How did you, what um, was... I was I was actually curious about like your design process. Like, how did you? I don't know. When I like when I go on Pinterest and I'm like, okay, let me look up crocheting. It's a lot of like flat like like bags mm-hmm. for not to generalize, but like valley girls, you know. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. how did you get to these amazing pieces? How did you how do you design them? What what's the idea? You know, to final product. What's that step process like? Yeah. So I actually can't always take all of the credit mm-hmm. for that. Um, there are a lot of wonderful crocheters on the mm-hmm. web who are just great at creating these patterns mm. that you are that are so easy to follow. Uh, generally for me though, I will modify them to my own personal mm-hmm. style. Um, I will like change the colors and the length of things and kind of make them my own so that I can customize it for each person. And I've been able to do that, which has been just really awesome. Yeah, um, yeah so, but I, I also have to credit many of the wonderful crocheting artists out there who who create these wonderful patterns for so many crocheters out there to enjoy and create their own versions of, of their mind. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really awesome. I, I'm, I'm currently in the process of talking with some of my players, like what can my first pattern be? So, I mean, look out for that in the future. I might release something yeah, of my own. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, just that will be out there, yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm but so excited. Mostly, I found yeah. that the, because I do a lot of embroidery, and I found mm-hmm. that I, it was actually really surprising how cool, <laughs> like, the textile community is online. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. I think there's a misconception that it's, like, all these grannies that are doing it. But there's, like, some really amazing, cool people like yourself who are, like, in it. <laughs> I don't know. It's like so cool. Um, this doesn't have to be just crocheting related, but Rebecca and I were wondering, like, who are your influences? Who have you gravitated towards? Who has given you, now maybe not necessarily advice in person or advice in person, but someone that yeah, people that inspire you. Who who are some of those folks? Yeah. Um, I mean, as an actor, there's constant inspiration mm-hmm. um, all around from, you know, big actors to even just the um, our local DC actors. Um, definitely being at Catholic University because DC is the biggest, is the third biggest um, theater district in all the Wow, America. wait, no way, like, really? Yeah, it goes um, New York, Chicago, Washington, wow, DC. Which is I such a surprise sure. to so many people. Like, it was yeah. a surprise to me. Right when I first moved down there. Uh, But it's huge. It is huge. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad he brought that up because I want to talk about it more. So go, take the mic. (laughs) (laughs) So yes, it is a huge, I mean, just the the general area, the DC, Maryland, Virginia, huge theater area. There are so many equity theaters where 
actors make good money. I mean, we get Broadway actors who come down to perform in, at Signature and Shakespeare and Fords and the Olney and all of the places that are down here. And so we get that wonderful um, opportunity to work with some of these wonderful DC actors who are very talented. And in my last two years at Catholic specifically, um, we had, we had, I mean, from when I first started, we changed to like, we changed heads of musical theater department like three times by, by my junior year, we had landed on surprises. My voice teacher, Mm -hmm. Brian Lilly, he was, um, he ended up being the head of our musical theater department. And he had wonderful connections from his time at Catholic and his time from working in DC. And he brought in um, a wonderful, who is not only now a teacher, a mentor, a director, and friend, Tracy Oliveira, um, Tracy Lynn Oliveira. She is a very big DC actress and she is unbelievably talented and one of the people I look up to the most um, as a performer in the DC area. And she taught my junior theater, my junior musical theater workshop class, which is a um, popular music workshop. So we, it's when we start to learn how to sing pop music and not just sound like musical theater people all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how that might be helpful. <laughs> it's very helpful, yes. So we, she taught us that class. Um, and through that class, she heard me sing a song and told me to audition for what ended up being my second professional oh, production, um, the Toxic Avenger, the musical, which she was directing. And she's like, I would love to see you audition. And, you know, I think the audition went really well. And I got cast in that and was able to work with her as a director. And she is such a lovely human. And she is very kind and will just reach out to me and be like, have you sang this song? Do you know this song? You need to sing this song. <laughs> or, and she'll be like, have you auditioned for this? Because you need to audition for this because it needs to happen. And I was like, thank you. And it's just wonderful to have a person like that who before I met her, I saw her in so many shows yeah, yeah. and I knew her as Tracy Lynn Oliver and I was like, oh, I love her as a performer. And the fact that I now, you know, text her and have her number yeah. is unbelievable. It's kind of crazy. She's just a great human. Um, another wonderful DC actor whose name is Kevin McAllister, who just actually, uh, was on Broadway. I was going to say, that sounded so familiar. Okay. Kevin McAllister is also Home Alone. (laughs) Home Alone. Yes. It is also the little boy. It's Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone. I was was like, wait a second. Yeah. Kara's like. (laughs) I'm so embarrassed right now. No, why would you be embarrassed? (laughs) Okay. Anyway. We can get that out if you want. No, it's yeah. fine. It's I listen. No, keep it all in. This is imperfect. Our show is literally called Imperfect. Yes, yes. <laughs> but on a side oh, note, I love how you're talking about process so much because that's like another part of the whole thing. Anyway, continue, continue, continue. So, Kevin oh, absolutely. yes, um, Kevin McAllister, not um, not McCullough, yeah. <laughs> but someone else. Um, he um, is. I also got the chance to work with him back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Nope, 19, 2019, um, on a production of Little Shop of Horrors, which was my first professional production. Um, and he was a wonderful director, and he put on um, one of the first fully African-American cast of uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Wow. In, um, yeah, it's amazing. So it was really, really exciting. Yeah. And so, I mean, it was a wonderful experience to working with him, and then I got the chance to work with him as a teacher at um, a Catholic because he came to teach a... Um, BIPOC musical theater class. So we got to learn about, you know, a lot of the old school like musical theater like representations of um, all people of color. And mm. it was very interesting to see the progress where that has come from. Yeah. And he taught us about that. It was really awesome. And then he reached out to me about national players as well and was like, I think you should audition for this. I think this would be a great opportunity for you. So having these people who think of you as such a great performer and who... Um, even if you're not always their first person in mind, but who even know you and who think of you in these situations, it's really it's really wonderful to have those people surrounding you. Yeah, I'd say they're in your corner. Yeah, it's amazing. Corner, yes. Yeah, I think it's. I love how candidly you're talking about like the support you're getting from other people because I think, especially when actors get bigger, you know, and they they enter the celebrity strata, you know, it's mm-hmm. hard as a as an outsider from like Hollywood say to understand that there is like this ginormous support network for some of these people um, on a daily life and anyway just in a smaller but not less significant way it's awesome that those people and I love hearing about people's um, 
mentors and people who inspire them. I think it's, it is inspiring just to hear you talk about it, you know, and like it can tell their importance. This is a, this is kind of a question that I don't know how it might apply, but I'd be curious and it's okay if there's no answer for it. But um, Rebecca and I like, especially if someone does uh, have, you know, multiple things that they do. Uh, I like to, yeah. how has like, has crocheting influenced your acting or has acting helped you with crocheting? Like, I don't know. Is there like mm. some kind of connection there that you think about from time to time? I will say the one connection I do think about is I find crocheting to be very grounding now. Mm. Um, especially because right now I'm not working for commission, so it's not, I'm doing it yeah. for leisure right, purposes. Right. Um, I'm currently crocheting my first sweater, which is like, I, it's very exciting. It's like the long haul and I'm really excited for it. Um, and after a, a long, long day, actors need to wind down. I mean, especially if we're performing a very emotionally heavy show, like a Raisin in the Sun, yeah. we definitely need to have something that will ground us mm-hmm. and bring us back to earth and just like make us, make us happy and make us feel comfortable. And I will say that that crocheting has been that influence yeah. for me as an actor. Um, it has been an important part of me grounding myself as a human being and as a performer and just getting back down to earth, no matter, even if it's after a high in Midsummer. And Midsummer is a very physical show, so I'll be rolling around on the ground and my body aches and I'm just like, I just need to lay down mm-hmm. and maybe crochet a little bit and just let myself relax and breathe and let my muscles not be so tense and you know raisin is very emotionally heavy show not as much for me because i don't play one of the people in the younger family i play uh, one of the romantic interests Mm -hmm. that benita has in the show Mm -hmm. and even still it's just very good especially after we have to tear down the set and put it into the truck and uh we get just get a chance to go back to the hotel and relax and crochet a little bit yeah it definitely is very needed as um as just like to come yeah. down from all that yeah 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 we we've talked about this a few times on the show but and kara said it earlier that it's it's just so important to have something that is outside of you know what you do and i know now crocheting has also become a business but you you also do it for leisure and you also do it for yourself and mm-hmm. I'm starting to learn that as well. It's a, it's been a very like reflective past few months for me, <laughs> but it is it is so important to like come back to something that you love that isn't what you do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And listen, I tell everyone under the sun that Wednesday night is pottery night. Don't bother me. Don't talk to me. Yes. Don't text me. Don't even reach out. I, I won't she, respond. <laughs> she uh, drives like. I drive like an hour. An hour? 40 minutes, 40 minutes. It's it's not that far. It's not that far. But I drive into another state. (laughs) To go to this pottery class, and she's Mm -hmm. killing it. Love it. I love that. Um, I love, I love a lovely little craft. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm all about crafts. Well, because, like, when we were younger, when we were kids, like, think about all the crafts that, like, we did. Like, Mm -hmm. literally, Mm -hmm. that that were so tactile and we were introduced to so many things and then high school you're preparing for college and then college you're preparing for life afterwards and there's no time to like slow down and like just think about what else out there is there and I think COVID really forced a lot of people to do that which has been a good thing like in a way so yeah I'm really happy for you that you found this and you're just amazing at it and yeah so amazing i'm i can't are you going to be touring in the northeast at all um yes um i'm very bad at geography but where are you well in the new york metro area anywhere like yes i believe so we do go to new york we will go let us know we will be there if you're in connecticut we will go yeah that actually might happen. I need to look at our schedule. Yeah, if you're in you Hartford know, or Stanford, my out. butt will be in that seat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure to reach out and let you guys know if I'm in either of those places. Yes. I mean, we could even go to New Jer- like northern New Jersey. If, um... okay. Yes, I actually believe. Oh, we just, we were supposed to go to Newark, but mm. our, um, our show got canceled there, unfortunately. Yeah. Because of COVID. Yeah, COVID. <laughs> oh, wait, this is like, this is, I don't know if I really want to end on this at all, but like, 
what has it been like touring with COVID? Like, what what is that? Yeah, how has that changed the audience or the performance or anything like that? Well, it has definitely added, a, I mean, a, the slightest layer of stress, yeah. I mean, as it will. Yeah. Because we are traveling to so many different places. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not only just traveling to different places, we're traveling to places where, you know, we're stationed in Maryland, where mm-hmm. mask mandates and, you know, masks are like, you know, a, a, a regular thing and not a problem. But we're going to states where many people don't want to wear a mask. And so we have to be very vigilant mm-hmm. of what we are doing yeah. um, as actors to make sure that we can make sure our tour continues yeah. and that we don't have to come to us a, a stop because one of us gets COVID and we have roommates. So if one of us gets COVID, our roommate's going to get COVID yeah. and we're always in pro- close proximity with each other performing on stage. So if one of us has COVID and we don't know, and then we suddenly show symptoms, it's very possible that symptoms will pop up for another player. Yeah. And so it, it's really that added stress of we want to make sure we get these shows to the audiences that we are trying to get them to. Um, so we really have to take care of ourselves and stay masked and yeah. make sure that um, when we are working um, in these workshops that, you know, our students are also masked around, doesn't it? We, you know, we just keep our safety as best way possible. I mean, with, I think it was a bit easier before Omicron mm-hmm. where now it's much easier to transmit. So it's that added another layer of stress, but I think we are still doing a great job, and I'm very hopeful that you yes. know, we all stay healthy yes. and good. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Sending all of the healthy vibes your way. <laughs> Thank you. I'm accepting them. I'm breathing them in. <laughs> I guess we could end on this now. It's, it's still COVID-related, but do you feel like COVID has changed the theater industry for the better in any way? I absolutely believe that it has made it more accessible in a way Mm -hmm. um just especially because of the online platform of auditioning Mm -hmm. it has made it a lot easier for people to get to different theaters from all over the country so that we are able to audition for these places it used to be you had to you had to come in for an in-person audition if you wanted to be considered but now zoom auditions are becoming are like even just self-tapes are becoming more of a norm which I'm even more appreciative for because I'm going to be on this tour for a decent period of time Mm -hmm. and it's uh we're we're on tour during what we like to call audition season yeah yeah it's usually in the spring and it's for like it's when all the theaters are auditioning for everything uh for their next season over the next like year and so it's very important for us to be available for that and because of COVID it has it keeps that door open for us to be able to uh, audition for all these theaters, mm-hmm. which is really wonderful. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting because I feel like in film has always had a lot more videotape auditions just to begin with, just because yeah. of the nature of the industry. Are you interested at all in doing t- television and film? Or are you more interested in theater? Um, I'm very interested in doing television. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it will happen. At, I mean, I, I, I definitely want to just... I want to get a solid foot in theater first yeah, before I even sure. try to go into that medium. But um, television is where I would love to be, yeah. specifically like a good old Netflix show. Mm, yes. <laughs> a good, like, I, I always say that if I could book a, a role in a show like Grey's Anatomy that will last for 20 seasons <laughs> and yes. I can play like, if I could play like the Alex Karen oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Or even like I mean someone who lasts a very long time. Yeah. I don't want to be I don't not O'Malley because you know. Oh my gosh. Yes. Rest in peace. <laughs> rest in peace. Um, no spoilers. <laughs> On Grey's Anatomy, I don't even know if you can count that as a spoiler. I think we all know how I mean, it, it works. Not, it's been twenty years. It's been twenty years that they haven't watched it yet. It's <laughs> if you haven't watched it in the twenty years it's been on, get on it. It's yeah. Get on it. Absolutely. Got me through college that show. <laughs> So I definitely, that's definitely a dream of mine to find a show like that and be able to, or, or, or a Disney show mm-hmm. where I get to play an older brother. Cause I think that's also a dream. <laughs> that so, I, I could see a Jordan. I just, everyone needs to know that my first experience meeting, not we've met before this, but I think our first show mm-hmm. we did together show mm-hmm. was the, how the Grinch stole Christmas. <laughs> the yes. little excerpt yes. we performed yes. at a children's hospital mm-hmm. and Jordan was the Grinch. And he had this amazing Grinch walk. And it was so good. And I could totally see you, like, on a Disney show. And I would love it. 
I'm gonna and just for you, I would do the Grinch Rock in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> the casting directors are like, you know, Jordan is such a great person. Like, you just have to put up with the swalk. Like, you can't get it out of him. Like, we don't understand what it is. And then someone's like begging you, like, why are you doing this? Like, I, I made a promise. Like, I just I, I made got, a promise. This is part of me now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you like, so much for coming on. It's truly been yeah, such a thank pleasure. You. Thank you for having me. It has been an, a lit, lit time <laughs> on the Imperfect Podcast because this has been so much fun. I've had I'm a great so time. Glad. Thank you guys yeah. for having me. Just before you jump off, mm-hmm. could you say your name again, uh, what you do, mm-hmm. and where we can find you on all things social? Yes, um, I'm Jordan Essex. I am a DC-based actor, and you can find me at Oh, what is my Instagram? <laughs> you can find me at Jordan Essex on 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 Instagram. It should just be um, jc.essex, um, E-S-S-E-X. And then you can also find my crochet page, jordan.crochet. Um, and you can give me a follow. Them. That'd be <laughs> you should do, do it. it. See all do of these amazing yes. creations. Yeah, Jordan, your energy is amazing. I feel yes. very energized for my day. This is only my, I only had half a cup of coffee. I feel like that, you should know that's a big compliment. <laughs> that I feel energized. It is. It's a huge compliment. <laughs> if you would like to keep up with Jordan and see all the amazing things he's doing, there are two places you can find him on Instagram at jc.essex. Um, and you can also follow his crocheting business um, at jordan.crochets um, and just see some of his amazing creations over there because they're fabulous. Jordan's creations are amazing. I can't wait to commission him for one of them. Um, yes, so cute. he's fabulous. Mm-hmm. If you would like to follow the show and keep up with us over there, you can follow us on Instagram at the podcast imperfect or check out our website www.thepodcastimperfect.com. DM us for if you're interested in coming on the show or shoot us an email at thepodcastimperfect at gmail.com. We'd love to have you. <laughs> love to have you and if you want to follow your wonderful amazing beautiful stunning cover girl quality co-hosts as we shoot this at 8 30 in the morning <laughs> it's it currently not both. even 9 30 in the morning we're both in our pajamas no 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 i, I actually changed into an, I'm in an a sweatshirt sweater yes i'm in an oversized sweatshirt i'm in an so. oversized sweater not our pajamas but we like to keep it this is so good. A roommate in mine in college would say this all the time. He'd say, like, loosey-goosey. So, um, Jasper, this was for you. <laughs> Keeping it loosey-goosey um, on a Saturday where there is so much snow outside, but I kind of love it. And, yes, um, me too. Literally from top to bottom of the United States. Jordan's all the way in Florida, and we're all the way up here. Right. That's kind of cool. We love that for ourselves. <laughs> We've really derailed here in our outro, but <laughs> but you can, uh, you can follow <laughs> you can follow us at uh, you can follow Rebecca at Rebecca Nisco Music, and you can follow me at Quiet Open Space, all one word. Hope you stay cozy, warm, and safe in this February weather. And I'm just so excited to be back in the new year. And yes, this is not going to come out for a couple more weeks, but uh, we we love you guys. Thank you so much for your continued support of the show. It means a lot. And um, yeah, hope you're doing well. Thank you.